Day one of the year, this morning, we have a chance to look at God's word together, think about what, what does God have for us in, in the year to come. And, and my hope is that as we study scripture together, this would be a gift to you and to your family as you think about the year to come, that your heart will be open to God's word. There's going to be some things I want you to reflect on. We're going to have a time at the end of the service just for some reflective prayer about what God would have for your life. And then when the service is finished today, if you need uh, prayer, if you need encouragement, if you want to talk about your relationship with the Lord, we'll be right here at the front. We'd be so honored to, to pray with you at the end of the service about whatever God has for, for your life in the days to come. I'd like to read for us Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. This is going to be the text for, for our sermon. Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you this morning on this New Year's Day, thankful for your pardon of forgiveness over us. God, thank you for the gift of a new day, that your mercies are new every morning. God, thank you for the joy of these families who come with their little ones and, and the preschool and people who volunteer and love on those kids and tell them Bible stories. God, thank you for a church that loves to have fun together, that, that connects across generations, enjoys spending time together outside of worship services. God, all of those are such good gifts. Um, Father, open our hearts. Speak to us by your spirit, through your word, so that the year in front of us would be exactly what you've planned for us. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we talked about this in a sermon series a couple of years ago, but I am always fascinated by the question, what would my life be like if I could hit the restart button, if I could hit the reset button on life? Sometimes you think to yourself, what would life be like if I could move someplace and nobody knew me? They didn't know my personality. They didn't know my past. They didn't know what I'd been through. What would it feel like if I could just move someplace new, start a new job, go to a new school, move to a new neighborhood? What would life be like if I just had a fresh start? A couple of weeks ago, I was reading a book about some old video games. It had some old video games mentioned in there. And those old video game consoles, like that old Super Nintendo, where if your friend was beating you at Mario or Donkey Kong or whatever it was, and you could just reach up and hit the restart button and start the game over completely, especially if you were losing. Like sometimes in life, we feel that way. Some days in life, you think to yourself, I just need to restart today. Like I should just go back to bed, get out of bed again, and just have a new start. Well, here's the reality. Today we can do that. Today we get the opportunity. Now we realize that January 1st on the calendar in the big picture of things is not any different than yesterday or any different than tomorrow, but there is a gift to starting a new year that comes from the Lord. 
what would it be like if I remembered that today is the first day of the rest of my life? What would life be like if I remember that I do, in Christ, have a chance for a fresh start? What would life feel like if I was able to say, I'm gonna leave that behind, that year is gonna stay behind, and I'm gonna move into something new? Now, you may be here this morning, and you feel so overwhelmed by last year, you can't even think about next year. Like, the idea that it's 2023 is mind-boggling to you because you feel so overwhelmed by what happened yesterday, what happened last year, that it's hard to imagine moving in to a new year. But we have the opportunity to do that. And we're gonna let God's word, Philippians chapter three, guide us in that process. Philippians chapter three, verse 12. What does Paul say here? He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. This idea where Paul says, not that I have already obtained or am already perfect. What's the context here? What, what is Paul dealing with? It seems like that Paul is in a church around a group of people where some of the people in this church are the people you might call super spiritual these are the people that have it all figured out. They don't have any questions, they don't have any problems. They've obtained everything that the Christian life is supposed to offer. And these people in the church at Philippi are similar to the people in the church at Corinth where you have a group of super spiritual people who they are calling themselves perfect. Everything that God has planned for them, everything that has to do with the resurrection of Jesus, they've obtained all of that. And Paul says, not me, <laughs> not me. There, there are a lot of things that I have not obtained. There's a lot of areas of life where I'm not perfect. What's he talking about? Back up to verse seven. Back up to verse seven. And, and scroll up in your phone, turn back in your Bible if you need to. Chapter three, verse seven. What, what's Paul's attitude? Paul, after listing all of his bona fides, all that he's accomplished, verse seven. Whatever gain I had, Paul says, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And then listen to verses 10 and 11. Paul says that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul realizes that all of Christ's power in his life, what it means to attain the resurrection of the dead, he hasn't arrived there. So what does he do? Well, verse 13 tells us. What does he do in verse 13? He says, brothers, I don't consider that I've made it my own. I haven't arrived. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. These ideas here. Forgetting what's in the past and striving toward what's in the future. Paul says, that's how I'm gonna live the Christian life. This word for forgetting here in Philippians chapter three, it's similar to the word for neglecting something. It's the idea that I'm just not gonna dwell on this. I'm not going to feed this thought. I, I'm, I'm not gonna allow this to dominate or control my life. I'm gonna forget it in that sense. It's not gonna control me. 
This is Paul having his Ted Lasso moment where he says, just be a goldfish. Like, have, have a 10-second memory of a goldfish where that situation is not gonna dominate my life for 10 years. I might give it 10 seconds, or if it's a really bad situation, I might give it 10 hours, but it's not going to dominate and control my life. I'm gonna allow that to recede into the background, and I'm going to strive for what God has for me in the future. And this word striving here, it is a purposefully athletic word. It's the word in the ancient world for striving, for running toward a goal. You think about the Olympics, you think about the 100 meter dash, you think about any race that you watch, how the athlete, their body is leaning forward, their eyes are directly on the prize, on the finish line in front of them, and Paul says, that's how I'm going to live the Christian life. I'm not gonna worry about what's in the past, I'm not gonna be controlled by what happened in my past. I have a goal in front of me and I'm going to give myself to that goal. I'm gonna strive, lean, focus on that goal. Here's the great gift. Today is day one of the rest of your life. And so I want you today, and by you I mean me and us together, I want us together to consider what do you need to leave behind in 2022? And what do you need to strive towards in 2023? I'm gonna ask you to spend time this week considering those questions. Get out your journal. I got out my journal this morning. Writing out, what do I need to leave behind in 2022? What do I need to strive towards in 2023? It might be that after the worship service, after we've seen our final song and people are leaving, you may just need somebody to pray for you. Come here to the front, we'd love to pray for you. Find somebody sitting around you. Pray, God, I need to leave that behind. I need to strive to what's going forward. Maybe this week, the best thing you could do this week, the first week of 2023, is just get together with a friend, have coffee, have lunch, and talk through these questions. Talk through these questions at your home this afternoon. When you have lunch, when you get together with your family, talk about in your home this afternoon, what are we going to leave behind in 2022 and what are we going to move towards in 2023? So, when we think about what we're gonna leave behind, we're not gonna let it dominate us. Let me, let me put a couple of ideas in front of you. I have three things that we wanna talk about what we're going to leave behind. The first is what we're just gonna call these, these past mistakes or these big painful moments. What we're talking about here is leaving behind those hard, heavy moments of life that just wear you down. That if you're not careful, you continue to think about them, you continue to allow them to be like what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 calls, that weight, when you've been called to run with endurance, this race of faith, and it feels like you're carrying around extra weight. Now sometimes, January 1st is a good day to get rid of literal extra weight. Like <laughs> this is when we start talking about, hey, we should probably lose some pounds, we should probably, probably let some weight go. There's, it's good to let go of some physical weight. Sometimes though, you are carrying around emotional weight that is keeping you from doing what God has for you in the year to come. And you will never do in 2023 what God has called you to do if you keep allowing this past pain and shame and fear and guilt to hold you down. These are the type of things that impact the way you feel about yourself. When you're carrying around pain from the past, it just sucks the joy out of you. It sucks the energy out of you. 
It makes everything in the future look fuzzy. It's hard to move into the future because you're held down by this situation. It also, let's be honest, it impacts the way we treat other people. You've heard of that old, old phrase, uh, hurt people hurt people? It's true. When we're dealing with hurt, when we haven't dealt with things in our past, it usually comes out on those closest to us. We're hurting inside, and it comes out in these really negative ways in the way we interact with people. And so God's word for you this morning is, you've got to be able to leave that behind. You've got to be able to put that in the Lord's hands. Now, you might argue with me on this point, and it would be okay if you did argue with me, with me on this point. Should we really leave those things in the past? Is that, a, is that a healthy way to live? And I would say how we leave those things behind matters. In other words, you might have someone in your life who they're struggling because of grief or pain or something that's happened to them this last year, maybe it was 10 years ago, something going on. It's usually not, a, not good advice just to say, get over it, <laughs> all right? That's, that's usually not the advice that is helpful for someone. It's like, hey, just get over that. Some of us have a personality where we kind of operate like that. You're like, just get over it and move on. Some things in life you just don't get over like that. There are some types of pain in our past, some types of regret, some types of shame that you don't just get over, that, that we need to process those things in a healthy way. And so it might be that what you need to do in 2023 is you say that situation in the past, it's dominating my life and I can't let it dominate my life anymore. I've gotta process it in a healthy way. Reach out to a friend, reach out to professional therapists, counselors, spend time journaling, remember the power of the gospel. Remember that nothing in your life is able to separate you from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. Remember that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him or are called according to his purposes. Remember that Jesus has paid for all of your sin, not just part of it. That you can rest in the fact that I'm not going to allow my past pain and grief and regret to dominate my life anymore. I have to leave that in the past. I have to process that. I have to change the soundtrack that is dominating my life. So that's first. We're gonna leave those weights behind. Second, let's leave behind the persistent sins that just keep tripping us up. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one says, if you're gonna run this race of endurance, if you're gonna run this race that's put in front of you, you gotta, gotta let that weight go, and you have to give up those sins that entangle you. These are the type of sins that you say, I know I shouldn't let that dominate my life, I know I shouldn't continue to do that, and yet I do. They're the sins that just seem to haunt you. They just stay right at your heels. They just show up every day and you think, I know I need to move beyond that. Let 2023 be the year that you say, I have to leave that sin in the past. I can't take that with me. Now, that can be a lot of different things. Let's be honest about this. That could be something that we would consider big, like alcohol. It's gotta stay in the past. Can't carry that with me anymore. It's caused too much trouble in my family. It's caused too much trouble to people around me. Pornography, you think every year, this is the year I stop being addicted to pornography. I, I've gotta leave that in the past. It could be those type of things. It might be that what you have to leave in the past this year is just a spirit of criticism 
and negativity and gossip. Like 2023, this is the year I'm just going to stop needing to know everything and share everything I know. I, that has to stop this year. Whatever it is that is that persistent sin that keeps you from living the life that God has called you to live, leave it behind. Leave it behind. And there is power, there is healing when we confess this to others that we are able to confess this to God and confess this to others and say, I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to help me live in a new way, move in a new direction. Every day I have to surrender this sin, this temptation to the Lord and say, I don't want this to dominate my life anymore. What is that for you? What is the sin that last week you thought, I've gotta get rid of this, I have to deal with this in my life, I can't carry this into a new year? Deal with your pain, Deal with your sin. And then the third thing that we're going to leave behind is actually what Paul deals with at the beginning of Philippians chapter 3. Sometimes what we're called to leave behind is this feeling of pride, this feeling of achievement, this feeling that I've arrived. This is what Paul is dealing with primarily in Philippians chapter 3. He's saying, if you want to look at a good religious life, I've lived that good religious life, but I'm not going to keep looking back to all the good things I've done in the past. I have to look at what God is calling me to do next. And if we're not careful in our Christian life, we can begin to look only at the past and what God has done back there, and we miss what God wants to do next in our lives or what God wants to do next in our church. It's so cheesy and cringy that I almost didn't put it up there, <laughs> but this idea as believers, we're not gonna boast and we're not gonna coast oh, I didn't even put it up there. I was so embarrassed I left it off the screen. So uh, that's terrible. Uh, here's the idea. If you need preacher words that rhyme, if you need preacher words that rhyme, we're not gonna boast and we're not gonna coast, okay? This is the idea. I'm not gonna look to the past and brag about what's happened in the past and I'm not gonna coast into the new year. I'm going to strive. I'm gonna run toward what God has for me. Think about how this happens in churches. Think about Emmaus. The first decade of our church, here's this little church plant out here in the middle of nowhere, hanging on, growing healthy, making progress. Second decade of our church's life, monster growth. Tons of people coming, all this excitement, all this energy happening. Third decade of our church's life, have an opportunity to build this worship center that then translates into hosting local elementary schools after the tornadoes that happened in 2013 and 2015. Church plant, explosive growth, connect with the community. If we're not careful as a church, we end up just saying, man, I wish we could get back there. Like, you remember the good old days? You remember when all that was happening? You remember that? Think how quickly that happens to a church. All we talk about is, man, I wish we could get back there. Friends, we're not going back there. Not because it's bad, it's good. The history of Emmaus is powerful and beautiful. What does God have for us next, though? Where are we going next? What has God called us to do next? We celebrate those things. We give glory to God for those things. Glory for what God has done in your life in the past. But don't coast. Sometimes there's this feeling in church, I did my time with the babies and the preschoolers. Like, let somebody else do that. Be careful about saying all the good things that God did in my life, those are in the past. He has something for you this year. He has something for your future. Focus there. 
We let go of the shame, we let go of our sins, we let go of our success, and then what is it happens in verse 14? What does Paul say? He says, instead, I'm gonna let those things go. I'm not gonna be dominated by those things. Instead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What a great verse. Paul says, God has more for me. He is calling me to experience all that he has for my life, and it's found in Christ. Verses 15 and 16, let those of us who are mature, this is interesting, we'll talk about this in a second, let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Now there's something interesting going on in the language here of verse 15. The word where it says, let those of us who are mature think this way, this is the Greek word that means perfect. And you should be saying to yourself, wait a second, I thought Paul was battling against the people who called themselves perfect. I thought Paul earlier said that he wasn't perfect, and now he's calling himself perfect. Yeah, and, and, and it, there's some tension in here. But here's what Paul is doing. He is saying Christian maturity, Christian perfection, is found in realizing you're not perfect on your own. That's where true perfection is found in the Christian faith. What Paul has a problem with, what Paul is frustrated by, are the church people who feel like they've arrived, who feel like they're already perfect, they've already attained everything God has for their lives, and Paul says true perfection, true maturity is realizing I don't have it all figured out, that I have more to learn. What is God calling us toward? Three things I wanna put in front of you. What is God calling you to strive toward in 2023? Clarity, maturity, and consistency. I need a clear goal for my life. I need something to focus on. What is God calling you to focus on in this new year? What do I need to learn? Where do I need to become more mature? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to develop? What is God calling me to learn? Where, where do I not have it figured out that I need God to reveal that to me? And what have I been doing that I need to continue doing? Paul's not saying change everything. He's saying there are good things in your past. You've, you've been living in those ways. You've attained those things. Keep going. Law and obedience in the same direction. Keep going with what God's been doing in your life. So what does this mean? This means at awkward family lunch today, or with your prayer journal tonight, or with a friend this week, you think to yourself, what do I need to focus on this year? What has my attention? What are the goals that God has put in front of me that I need to strive toward those things? What do I need to learn? How do I need to grow in order to get there? And then what has God been doing in my life in the past that I've just gotta keep going? Like God's doing a good work, it's slow. Not a lot of people are seeing it. It's not fancy, but if I'll just stay on that path, I know God's leading me in the right direction. Clarity, maturity, consistency. We're gonna give ourselves to those things. What does God put in front of you? What does God put in front of our church? So what are we gonna do? We are going to leave behind. We're not gonna be controlled by or dominated by these things in the past. And we are going to move toward what God has for us in 2023. Now the question is, how do you get there? How do you leave those things behind? And how do you move toward what God has for you in the new year?
These verses right here tell us what we need to do. Here's the first thing you need. We need good examples. How do you leave behind the old and move toward the new? You need good examples in your life. People that you look at and you say, man, they have clarity in their life. (laughs) They have purpose in their life. They're incredible about not letting something in their past dominate them, but being able, I've tried not to say let it go because of the frozen reference, but that's what we're trying to say. Just let it go. People that are able to let things go and they're not dominated by their past, they move into the future. Who do you know of in your life that is so good at this? Call them this week. Text them this week. Ask them, how do you do this? How, how are you able to process the past and move into the future? We need examples of what this looks like. Number two, how do you do this? You remember that Christ has already taken hold of you. That when we talk about striving to the future, we're not talking about getting our lives together on our own. We're not talking about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. The reason we are able to let go of the past and strive for the future is because Christ has already taken care of both. He has died to take on your sin and your shame and the pain of your past, and he reigns eternally that he is the king of kings and lord of lords that you give all of the rest of your life and all of eternity to. The reason you can let go of the past and move into the future is because Christ has it all under control, and you can trust him. And if you don't know that, everything we're talking about today, when we're talking about leaving things in the past and moving to the future, you could find a thousand blog articles on the internet that are gonna talk about leaving things behind and having new goals for the future. But the thing that you could miss that's the most important is none of this matters without the power of the gospel. None of this matters without the cross and the resurrection. The reason we're able to live the life that God has called us to live is because Christ has taken hold of us. And friend, if Jesus doesn't have control of your life, you can put all the habits in place you want, you can make all the goals you want, and it is not gonna make any difference. What will matter is Jesus has control of your life. And that today, you would give him that control of your life. You would say, I've gotta leave that past behind, and I've gotta move to what you have for me. So I find good examples. I hold on to the truth of the gospel. And then number three, how do I let the past go and move into the future? I just remember that God is faithful. That God has been faithful in the past. He is faithful today, and he will be faithful tomorrow. That you would remember that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus that he who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it, that your future is not in your own hands, but it is in the hands of the one who created you and loves you and holds all things together, and that is good news. That is the source of joy and peace and hope in our life. The reason you can let your past pain go, the reason you have hope for tomorrow is because your God is faithful. Where do we see this in scripture? Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Many of you, every day, read the devotion from Paul Tripp called New Morning Mercies. 
built on this verse, built on this idea that every day that we wake up, God's mercies are new and fresh and powerful for that day. I don't know what has happened in your life this past year. I don't know what kind of sins keep holding you back from living the life that God's called you to live, and I don't know everything that God has for us in the future, but I can tell you with all confidence that God is faithful and that you can trust him and that he will continue to be at work in your life. What we're gonna do right now is we're just gonna take a moment, deep breath, slow down. What do I need to leave in the past? What do I need to focus on in the future? We're gonna stand up after that, after our prayovers, and we're gonna sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And you're gonna be dismissed to go out and live the life that God has put in front of you. And at that point, after we've seen that song, if we can pray for you here at the front, if you need someone else to pray for you, take your time, make sure you do that before you leave. Would you bow your heads with me? I was thinking about the, I was thinking about the week ahead and with New Year's Day landing on a Sunday, life is going to move very quickly starting Tuesday and Wednesday and things, things speed up in a, in a hurry. And so, if you would, before we're dismissed here, would you allow the Holy Spirit just to calm your heart for a moment? Take a deep breath, think about what you need to leave behind in 2022. Maybe it's something that happened last night. Maybe it's something that happened yesterday. Maybe it's something that happened 10 years ago, but it just continues to dominate your life. And you say, God, I, I have to give this to you. I, I can't allow this to keep me from living the life you called me to live. I can't let this trip me up anymore. Or maybe you've reached a point in life that you think all of the good things that God's gonna do through your life are in the past. You can't imagine anything different or new or being used by God. And I just wanna tell you this morning that God is not finished working through your life. As a church, we're not going to coast. We're gonna look to the future for what God has for us. What does God have for you this year? What is God calling you to focus on this year? What what needs your attention? Where do you need to grow? Where, where are you just struggling? Are you really weak in life? And you're like, God, I need to grow in this way. I need to learn this this year. God, we enter a new year with anticipation. Maybe feeling overwhelmed by what's happened, maybe uncertain about the future, but God, we come before you right now thanking you that Jesus has hold of our lives, that this is Jesus' church, not any of ours. God, thank you that our lives are not dependent on our own. Our future is not in our own hands, that you are faithful. And so, God, we gather on this first day of the year to say that we trust you and to say that we are excited to see how you are going to continue to work in our lives, in our church, in our community, in this world. And God, we believe in the power of the gospel. We believe that Jesus is able to redeem our past. 
We believe that Jesus has died for all of our sins, and we believe that Jesus reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords, and we will live our lives fully for him. God, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Empower us, guide us in the days to come. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.